0: We make data-driven product recommendations that get smarter the more a retailer shops with us. And what that means is that the retailer can have a differentiated product selection and truly be independent from what else is seen on the high street, um, which is really important for them to stay competitive. We also give them financial and, and cash flow support. Starting a business from from a pop up and maintaining a, an entrepreneurial mindset as an independent give businesses uh, an agility to try something new, pivot, and, and really maintain that very close bond with their customers, which is absolutely key in in retail. So if you look at our website, actually, our branding is all very low key and muted because we want to be a, a blank canvas for, for brands to kind of speak from. So they can customize their shop um, and we'll build it for them with information about products. Um, they can include a video, link out to their own socials.
1: So on today's episode, we speak to the huge opportunity in wholesale and distribution, especially now when diversification is absolutely critical to consumer brands only selling direct. It's a great episode. You do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. Um, today's episode is exciting, I have to say, um, because personally, we've been going through challenges in, in this aspect of our business, one of our businesses. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really wanted to get into this topic. Now, we have Charlotte Broadbent. She is the country lead for the UK, Netherlands, on the Nordics for FAIR. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know fairfair.com they're a huge, huge marketplace for wholesale, essentially. And um, you can. the way it works is you put your brand on their platform. That's your brand, quote unquote, your brand. And um, potential retailers will come in, discover you, and make an order, make a sample order, and get you out to more eyeballs to their customers locally. That's it in a nutshell. They started out in America, in San Francisco, very strong um, leadership in terms of the founders. They're like X square. Um, they've raised one2 Two nine billion, if I'm not mistaken, and then um, they're valued at about twelve point nine billion dollars, both but US. So it's a huge company making uh, a foray here in the UK and and you know and, and Europe and globally essentially. And you know I am glad to have um, you know Charlotte on on the show.
0: Hi Kunle, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to the discussion today.
1: So the the audience really is looking forward to to finding out more about you Charlotte um your your background and and how you emerged to become you know the country lead for for Fair UK.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I think it's fair to say I didn't follow a traditional path into the world of of tech. Nice. Um, I joined the the company last year um as country lead, but before that I had quite a patchwork of experience. Um That brought me here. I did a degree in geography and I left university just wanting to really understand how businesses worked. Um, And that led me to start my career in in private equity investing, which um, was, I thought, the best education I could get in in how businesses work, the nuts and bolts and, and making decisions from a shareholder's seat. But I was always really drawn to retail and consumer in particular because um, of the many challenges and the operational elements of it that are so much about hearts as as well as minds. Um, retail in particular, I think trying to build fans and, and move customers to buy is just a, a never-ending challenge. And I got the opportunity to join the board of um, the UK's biggest garden centre business called Wyvale. Um, quite early on in my career. And I also led investments in early stage consumer businesses. Um, But I really wanted to understand tech. Those companies that private equity were investing in um, were businesses going through digital transformation, which is uh, probably not a phrase, phrase that any business that's actually digitally native would think of. Um, and I wanted to dive in and roll my sleeves up at, at running a business that was actually kind of native to that world and, and really understand e-commerce. So I became COO of one of my portfolio companies um, and began running a retail business through the pandemic, which was a total baptism of fire. We actually only had a very nascent e-commerce channel. I think because it was a fine jewelry brand, that's not a channel and a product category where um, e- e- e-commerce it had been kind of a starting point for them. But we built that business from the ground up, which was was amazing. And we also had a significant bricks and mortar wholesale business, which I think is how I started to get to intimately understand some of the problems that a business like FAIR is is looking to solve for for our ecosystem. And I joined FAIR at the beginning of of last year and have been helping grow our um, UK business in particular since then.
1: Super, super interesting, Charlotte. Um, You know know what they talk about, Polymath. You you have such wide experience and you're you're applying both your strategic, your finance um, experience from private equity and you you know you're, you're into retail into, into fair, so it's it's really really exciting times really. Okay, so um, I did my fair bit in terms of introducing fair to the audience as best as I could, but um, I think you do a better job at um, you know giving us the value proposition of fair, um, you know, as a marketplace. Um, so, so please go for it.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Um... I think fair is really all about helping small business owners be more entrepreneurial and focus on what they do best, which is delight their customers. We take risk out of the system of wholesale in a way that empowers the brand and the retailer side of our marketplace to to be more creative and and try something new. And we're all about kind of leveling the playing field for small businesses and giving them the tools that probably until recently, were only available to the big players, the multiples or the multinationals. Um, FAIR was one of the mm. first, but we're definitely now the biggest wholesale online marketplace in the world. Um, we started in 2017 mm. um, and we launched out of Europe uh, from the UK in, in 2021. And today we've got, I think you've, you've mentioned, 700,000 retailers shopping with us um, from Around a hundred thousand brands, so so we've really scaled globally, uh, mm. which has which has a number of advantages.
1: Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. Okay, so so fair is is essentially looking to improve upon the existing wholesale and distribution infrastructure that has not really served retailers like, you know, high street retailers well. But could you shed some light on on those inefficiencies? You know, what have retailers had to bear um, Mm -hmm. over this past year? It's probably half a century um, that that fare is is really changing and optimizing. So essentially commerce moves faster because with all of the headwinds we have, inflation, um, you know, interest rates going so high, How's fair really solving this this distribution hiccups really for for retailers?
0: Yeah. Um you're right. It it's it's really challenging out there. In fact, it's probably one of the most difficult times in in retail that we've seen with the combination of COVID, cost of living crisis, inflation, business rates um in the UK and until very recently wholesale buying was almost entirely an offline channel, um, which is kind of hard to believe now given how quickly it's changed. But independent Mm -hmm. retailers, which is the market that we serve on the demand side of our marketplace, used to essentially shop seasonally twice a year. They would travel from their stores and go to trade shows, um, find brands, whatever brands were there. And there might be two, three, four hundred brands in a trade show. Um, that they were shopping from, or they would have relationships with uh, agents or distributors um, which uh, are forcing them to make big cash flow commitments twice a year, uh, once in spring and and once about now typically. And those kind of cash flow and stock commitments meant that actually retailers couldn't really afford to take big risks in terms of trying out new product lines um, or um, doing something different than they'd done before. And as I've just said, they're doing that twice a year, whereas bringing wholesale online means that they can shop 24-7 online with much more flexibility. And if I can explain a bit about the way that FAIR helps with that, we have just a huge selection. So out of our 100,000 brands, Um, The retailers can buy for them and we make data-driven product recommendations that get smarter the more a retailer shops um, with us. And what that means is that the retailer can have a differentiated product selection and truly be independent from what else is seen on the high street, um, which is really important for them to stay competitive. We also give them financial and, and cash flow support. So, we offer 60 days payment terms to all of the retailers that shop on our platform, even if they're building a new relationship or even if they're, in fact, a new retailer themselves new to the industry, which for small business owners on the brand side um, is just not practical or realistic for them to, to offer those kind of financing terms to, to new relationships. So we're offering something different there. And then we try to take risk out of the system by our brands list with very low minimum order values. And if you speak to retailers, which I do every week, actually one of the big pains for retailers when they're trying something new is they don't want to buy really deep into a new brand or across a product range when they, when they actually just want to try something and see if it works in their store. So on FAIR, because we have low minimum order values, It lets retailers try something new for the first time without making that big commitment. Um, Whereas our brands get the benefit of having so many um, small retailers buying from them that they can make that commitment to to lower values. Um, And then we really help on the practical side as well. So we have a membership program that covers the cost of shipping and duties, which um, we do with the support of third-party logistics partnerships and we'll also cover the cost of a uh, returning a product if it doesn't work out, and all of that comes together. I think KUNLE is a package that's, as, as I said, about taking risk out of the system and and empowering those brands and, and retailers to be a bit more creative.
1: Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. So if you have been following my journey here on this podcast, you'll know that I'm a co-founder at Octelion, a consolidator of digital-first good-for-you CPG brands. We acquire CPG brands with the view of scaling them up. We currently have a portfolio of three brands, all powered by commerce platform Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide Whether you're a garage startup entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control in every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin shits from Shopify's in-person POS or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you're covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. I remember the first brand we acquired was running on another platform with quite poor conversions. We made it a point of duty to get it migrated over to Shopify and our checkout conversions literally doubled. What I love about Shopify is its ease of use. I don't think there's any other e-commerce platform that Beats its usability. Shopify powers ten percent of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothies and Brook Linen, millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over one hundred and seventy countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning twenty-four help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash x 2 all lowercase. That is go to shopify.com slash x 2 to take your business to the next level today. That is shopify.com slash x 2 Hey 2xers, I want to take a moment to talk about a service that has made a significant impact on product launches for our e commerce brands. It's called TRED. TRED first hit the market in early 2020 and has since become the go to financing option for over 500 brands, including big names like Rosum. In just one sentence, TRED can be described as the ultimate solution for purchasing inventory, allowing retailers to sell first and pay suppliers later. As an e-commerce brand owner myself, I can't emphasize enough how helpful TRED has been for our business. Their unsecured funding and credit model, which takes into account the current financial health of a business, has allowed us to access financing without worrying about collateral. We've improved our cash flow by avoiding upfront supplier payments and freeing up funds. This has enabled us to invest in larger orders, expand our product range, and even negotiate supplier discounts. And let me tell you, the flexibility is amazing. Tread offers a pay-as-you-go model with a flat and transparent fee, which means you only use it when you need to. No hidden cost or long-term commitments, just a simple and effective way to manage our inventory financing. The best part? Tread works independently of e-commerce platforms and requires minimal onboarding. It doesn't matter if you're a founder, CEO, CFO, or part of the finance team. Tread can be a game changer for your business. With taglines like sell first, pay suppliers later, and snooze your supplier invoices with Tread, it's clear that Tred is all about empowering businesses like ours to import the goods we need now, while handling the invoice and allowing us to pay up to 120 days later. So, if you're in the e-commerce space and looking for a smart, flexible financing solution, I highly recommend giving Tred a try. Visit their website on t r e y d dot That's t r e YD.io to learn more and get started today. Now, let's get back to the show. And, you know, with, with what you just said, it, it really speeds up the, the entire process from um, from prospecting through to to getting the actual items to store um, in low quantities that um, essentially are low risk. And um, I didn't even know the fact that you'd you'd, you'd um, you sorted out, um, you know, returns which which could be you know an issue and a cost to um to, to, to retailers. Interesting. Okay, so um I'd like to sort of get a glimpse of what the landscape is um in the UK uh, at the moment. Um the reason I'm asking is um, a lot of the listeners of this podcast would would sit on the brand, on the supply side of um, the the equation of, of your marketplace. Mm. Um, most listeners in this podcast um, run their own brands. They own their brands. They're probably selling direct to consumer. Most of them are selling, not just probably. Um, and um, they, they would do this on their website. And they, they might also sell on marketplaces and have a few other you know, relationships, commercial relationships with, with other retailers. So from, um, the supply side, um, which is who, who I'm speaking on behalf of now, um, what should they expect in terms of the kind of retailers they synergize with or the kind of retailers that, that, that engage with them when they list their products on, on your website, um, and, um, an interest, you know, sort of, you just envelops. What, what, what information do they have about that retailer? And um, essentially, what does it look like? What should we expect on on the on the demand side?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, our marketplace is really just focused on independent shops, independent retailers. They mm-hmm. can be brick and mortar or online. Um, they themselves are small business owners. And they're buying um, high-quality, finished third-party goods to sell on to to their consumers. So, um, the demand side is all B2B. Um, We we don't have a consumer side side of our business, although it Mm. could be something exciting long in the future. Um, And I think it's that independent market that's actually notoriously hard and expensive to reach as a brand. Um, when when I joined FAIR, I, I was kind of struck by one, one of the stats that, that we discussed that actually that independent retail market, when you add it all up, is it, larger than the big boys and the larger channels like Amazon and the supermarkets combined. Um, so, there's going to be a, a large number of independent retailers with, who, who um, want to buy Finished goods, and in the UK, that's about forty-five thousand already buying on Fair. Which, given we've only been in, in the market mm. for, for two years, I think shows the traction that we've um, that we've built. And then for the e-commerce brands like your listeners, um, they have a huge amount on their plate, as you say, trying to transact with individual merchants. But they use Fair as a channel to grow their sales with this market that's that's hard to access but also simplify their business. I think um, leveraging our financial logistics and and CRM tools that are all under one roof um, and also our integrations Mm -hmm. with partners that they might already be using on the D2C side, like Shopify or WooCommerce, it it means that they're um, bringing lots of their functions of running a wholesale business under under one roof. And I think simplifying Mm -hmm. their business saves them time and allows them to focus on on what they do best, which is, is creating products that, that delight their customers.
1: Absolutely. 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 Um, again, speaking on, on behalf of, of brand owners of consumer brands, you know, digital native consumer brands listening to, to this podcast, um, do you, could you speak to any like success stories of like, you know, um, brands that have essentially Transform their PL <laughs> off the back of um, you know latching on um, you know the wholesale partner like like Fair Wholesale you know marketplace like Fair you know it, how how do you, do you have any examples of?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Firstly, I welcome all of your listeners to take a look at our website because you can see the quality of brands that that we have on there, and I think it speaks for itself in a big way. And if we didn't have the quality of brands and merchandising, we, we wouldn't have retailers coming to to shop with us at all. And a story that mm-hmm. that always sticks out for me um, it is a business called Bearkind, who um, were really a startup when they began working with Fair. Um, and they discovered com- that they're a um, bamboo sock brand that were operating entirely D2C and hadn't really considered what a wholesale business could mean for them. And Lucy got connected with one of our account managers and they started investigating what uh, alternative sales channels could be for her business. And they've actually driven a huge amount of sales through channels that um, they would never have expected before. I think her top sales channel is now direct through podiatrists, for instance, which is not a sales channel that she Hmm. ever ever thought that she would access before. And a completely kind of secondary Hmm. Benefit that's happened with her business is that um, they're kind and Lucy and her business partner are actually now teaching other brands about how to uh, have success on wholesale platforms Mm. uh, through their YouTube channel and even Mm. a business course now. Uh, And I love that story because Mm. it's such a development from kind of startup to major online player and then also paying it forward and Mm. um, sharing Mm uh their tools and techniques with others.
1: Mm-hmm. Super, super, super interesting. Um you mentioned earlier prior I think it was prior to, to Hits and Record that you that there's a CRM element um on 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 fair. Do, do you want to speak to it on on what side is is it the, the brand side or it must be the brand side because um yeah, we have a, we, we have a CRM system for, for our one-to-one, um, you know, outreach is, is, is that the case?
0: Yeah. I, I would love to speak a bit more about that. Um, perhaps, perhaps I talk about what the onboarding process looks like and then what growing a brand on, on fair, mm-hmm. um, is all about. So, we have a really simple onboarding process that helps a brand upload all of the information a customer would want to know about their brand. And we really want to give brands that work with us their own shopfront on fair. Uh, and you might notice if you look at our website, actually, our branding is all very low key and muted because we want to be a, a blank canvas for, for brands to kind of speak from. So, They can customize their shop um, and we'll build it for them with information about products. Um, They can include a video, link out to their own socials. Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, we have integrations with the likes of of Shopify and WooCommerce that that integrates from inventory platforms as well. Um, And in a matter of just days Mm -hmm. from deciding to sign up, a a brand can have their shop live on fair and will have access to to all of FAIR's benefits that we've been talking about in this conversation. And the brands are really in charge. So Absolutely. they hold and own their own stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, they choose whether to accept mm-hmm. an order. And so they have complete control over their distribution with which retailers they want to supply.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you've just touched on um, mm-hmm. we have a program called FAIR Direct, which allows brands to extend fairs benefits to retailers and, and prospects leads that they've generated off of the platform, um, but bring them onto fair and mm-hmm. transact um, commission free. So we uh, mm-hmm. don't charge brands any fees for joining the platform. We only charge when a brand gets an order. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we have not created that relationship, if the um, the lead comes from a uh, off of the platform, then we don't charge commission on that, and it's using our CRM CRM mm. platform that uh, brands can prospect with those leads from off of the platform, and also to um, the eyeballs that we're bringing to them as well.
1: And, and that's free. That's an alternative to using a you know standard CRM system, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think you know, we talked about simplifying business. And when I speak to small business owners, managing multiple platforms and a whole tech stack is one of the biggest headaches out there. So, I think we have a a deep team of engineering and product people at FAIR that are always thinking about how we can make the lives of small business owners simpler. Um, And bringing some of these services under one roof, I think, really helps with that. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Really, really interesting. And then with the sort of marketplace experience, you know, you you have, you know, um, over hundred thousand, um, you know, independent retailers on your platform. Um, and we have brands on the other hand. Um, do brands have to wait for the inbound, or can they outbound within the platform?
0: Yeah. So so brands can outbound using our CRM. With um, our retailers, okay. and then the other thing they can do is, is bring their own leads to the platform through the Fair Direct program. So it, it's kind of a whole okay. business wholesale um, operating system for them, which which I think is really special. Okay. If you think about this, okay, makes a lot
1: sense. Makes a lot of sense.
0: If you think about this Koonleve versus what we go back to what we were saying about the traditional market of um, shoe leather. Buying spaces, uh, buy, buying spaces and a booth at a trade show—you know, you didn't know which eyeballs you were going to get, or or who might be coming to shop there. But through our platform, brands can specifically target the independent retailers that that they want to to grow with, and build kind of more sustainable relationships that way.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm sold. I'm I'm actually just thinking about what to do after this call for, for, for one of our brands, because, um, yeah, we, we, we've dabbled into, into wholesale, um, but we found it incredibly manual, um, Mm. you know, an incredibly manual process. We, we did, you know, have a member of staff actually just man that, but, um, yeah, it's been an uphill battle. So we'll, we'll certainly, give, um, you know, fair, fair, fair a goal. And that's why I'm really, um, grateful for, for, for this conversation.
0: It's great to hear so, it.
1: <laughs> you know, there, there's there, yeah, the chairs, 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 chairs. So, so there, you know, um, you guys are solving, you know, this, supply chain and, you know, sourcing issues for, for independent retailers. And you're bringing, um, you know, um, consumer brands onto the platform. to, to really, really, you know, sort of match them. It's a, it's a, it's a matching exercise on there. Are you seeing any other retail macro trends, um, that, um, that listeners should be very much aware of, um, in, in 2023, moving into 2024?
0: Yeah, um, look, I think there's no denying it's incredibly tough out there. Um, It's probably one of the toughest times we've seen in retail in in recent history. I think we've had COVID, the cost of living crisis, um, crippling business rates, and as we we mentioned, deserted retail spaces, really. Um, I read recently that there's 6,000 storefronts been lost in, in the UK um in the last five Mm. years which has has left us with what i think people are calling a gap-toothed high street which doesn't sound very good for anyone um so it's undeniable that there's a trend Mm. that that, that the high street is really under threat in in retail and is going to require some real action and, and disruption to change the tide um in, in Here in London, where we are, Coonley, I, I don't know if you've read recently that Westminster Council have recently launched a, a brilliant new plan to transform Oxford Street, which yeah. is very close to where our office is and has been looking particularly shabby for a long time. They're collaborating with mm-hmm. landlords and, and offering entrepreneurs who already offer something unique online. So a D2C business, you know, like you've just described, many of your mm-hmm. listeners are, this could be interesting for them. If they already have an online offering, they get a six month rent free period on Oxford Street, you know, one of the still one of the busiest high streets in the country Mm. to to build a brick and mortar business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a trend to try Mm. and counteract this disruption on the high street. and, And that's a program that we're watching really keenly and closely, not least because it's so close to our office. So, you know, we're, we're desperate for, for the area mm-hmm. to improve and if it gives opportunities to small businesses even better. And then I'm proud mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. that we're actually tackling this problem head on at FAIR. Um, we've got a program called Open with FAIR um, and we've already helped thousands mm-hmm. of, of new retailers open globally globally. Um, It's a really exciting program that I'm particularly passionate about. So we actually extend much larger financing packages. I talked about the financial support in terms of credit terms that we offer to all retailers. But we will actually extend even larger Mm -hmm. financing packages to entrepreneurs who are um, about to open a shop or have recently opened a shop or all to specifically help them get on their feet and, and stock up for their early customers. Um, and I think you'll be well aware that, you know, the banks aren't there for them and the credit card companies really aren't there for them or they're very, very expensive now. Um, so that's a program that I'm, I'm really proud of and, and a trend that, you know, that we're, we're trying to, to counteract. Um, that, that I'm excited to see grow. And then I think another big trend that we're seeing at FAIR and comes through in our data is that while consumers are demanding value at every turn, particularly in this co- cost of living crisis, people really do care and are more want to be more mindful of what they buy and why they're buying and where it's from. So, Values-based shopping is going to be a continued and growing trend, even in these economic circumstances. Mm. Um, and we have mm. filtering on on our websites, and that's where we can see the data that's um, uh, not on Amazon is actually our most popular filter with retailers trying to find something <laughs> that, that's different and can't be found elsewhere. Um, so, so those are two, two mm. trends, Good. I suppose. Just lastly, along the theme that we've been talking about it is embracing technology is, is going to be absolutely vital to retail. And fair is just a part of, of that story. You know, I hope that we're a meaningful puzzle piece, but um, I, I'm really passionate that we're actually part of a wave of startups that uh, have been created to help small businesses um, grow in this very challenging environment.
1: Yeah, it's, thank you for for sharing, particularly with, um, with, with initiative, you have um, funding, actually funding, you know, retail enterprise, um, which, which is, which is typically come out of pocket for, for most entrepreneurs, you know, so, so Mm. having the support of a platform, you know, like FAIR that has access to data. So I don't think this is just monetary, You're, you're also perhaps providing, you know, um, data insights, you know, um, you're probably data, you're not probably you're, you, you are, you know, data driven. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it is really, really in, interesting. Um, what about pop-ups? Cause I, uh, an idea came, came to mind, you know, you set up a pop-up, um, you go to fair, you, you source all the, the products and you create, it's up to you to create like a unique experience, you know, on there, um, a, a pop-up still, a thing, um, you know. Um, I believe there's there's a pair here who who sort of are leading that um, you know that 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 fight. They're trying to change the high street from um, you know from 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 a pop up perspective. Um, are you seeing pop up stores? Um, are are pop up stores stores using um, you know fair to to source um, you know um, brands to to just create a unique customer experience and or unique retail experience?
0: Yeah, it it's interesting. I think pop-ups are absolutely still a trend and they do shop on fair. And and I see them as just part of that overall independent retail community uh, that's going to continue to be really important. And a lot of the creativity is driven from from these groups like pop-ups because they actually have the agility to try something new. I think conventional wisdom, you would have thought that the the major players with big balance sheets would be best set up to um, navigate in in choppy waters. But, you know, it it was we're recording today, uh, you know, the story of Wilco's out there. um, We don't know what's going to happen to their 400 stores, 12,000 employees. um, And it's pretty clear that they lost sight of their customer. Whereas, starting a business from a pop-up and maintaining an entrepreneurial mindset as an independent gives businesses uh, an agility to try something new, pivot, um, and and really maintain that very close bond with their customers, which is absolutely key in in retail. So, yeah, I think experiential might be one of the most overused words in retail. Um, But when I talk to our customers, uh it, our retail customers who are thinking about what how to grow their businesses actually community engagement providing a physical experience and doing something creative that is different from others o- on the high street or or indeed online it has been crucial to to their survival and, and will be to reinvigorating the kind of future of of retail in the uk um i'm excited to see what uh the, this lead up to Christmas looks like kune because uh we call it the golden quarter in retail, but it will I imagine that it will be the pop-ups and, and the independence where we're going to see the most exciting innovation from a merchandising, from a product selection and and customer experience perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah, I, I do agree with you and we're looking forward to what Q4 holds, you know, in stake, you know, so so the, the thing is, if you're a UK retailer, even if you're listening to, to, to this in the US, um, just make sure that you're, you're wholesale ready, sign up on fact, we're doing it. Um, and I'm not, we, we don't have, I'm not getting paid for this. Okay. It's just exciting to, to, to know that there is an additional channel. And you know, so one of the principles in my book, my recently published book is channel agnosticism you know so just ensuring that you're not just a d2c you know consumer brand you're 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 tapping into other channels that essentially will will serve you and i think fair is worth definitely a a go, you know, a try, and and you know, just trying to optimize, you know, that, you know, fair, you know, get a, a member of staff to to really work this this system, and and see if you could get some more leads, and you know, add you know a few zeros to to your your PNL to to your sales, you know. So 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 thank you so much, Charlotte, for for coming on on the podcast. Before I let you go, is is there any other thing you'd like to, to say, any final words, uh, particularly as we, we make our foray into Q4, uh, <laughs> which is supposedly the busiest you know time for for retail.
0: Yeah. Um, thank you for the discussion today, Kule. I, I think hopefully I've conveyed today our, our excitement about the, the potential for FAIR to help uh, your listeners with their e-commerce businesses grow um through potentially a different channel than than they might have contemplated before i really encourage them to to visit our website fair.com if they haven't already we've actually got a fantastic blog that they can subscribe to and and uh, we keep that up to date with trends and news and tips about growing business on fair, but also off of it. I think we recognise that many brands are retailers too, and that actually the, the omni-channel experience is, is the most important um, thing for for survival today. Uh, and if I could leave maybe with a mm-hmm. call to action, as so it is for for everyone to get out there and, and shop right. your local independents. Um, There'll be some fantastic and inspiring uh, experiences out there to have a a lot to learn um, and a lot to be gained from um, shopping with them. So so go and check out your local high streets. Thank you
1: absolutely absolutely we will we'll try um you you guys have heard mm-hmm. um try the local high street this qu- quarter this queue for support you know the local high street and you know it just comes back because it's going to support other brands that you know get their products into into these um you know um independent retailers Charles it's been an absolute pleasure having you for those who want to find out more about fair it's fair.com that's f-a-i-r-e dot com um again many thanks